Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, we would like to invite you to a special event we're hosting on May 30th called Women in Whiskey. Join us for an adult field trip filled with Southern fun at the Jack Daniels Distillery right here in our home state of Tennessee. Get ready to learn while sipping. We will be taking a private tour of the distillery, enjoy a barbecue lunch on the beautiful hillside, and partake in early happy hour with cocktails provided by Jack Daniels as we listen in on a conversation with women who work in the industry. The conversation will be led by yours truly, your hosts of the Steel Magnolias podcast. Learn more about the event at steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. You can grab your tickets there and we cannot wait to see you on May 30th. And now on with the show. Today's topic was given to us by a listener, and we can't wait to dive in. Do you have an idea for our show? If so, we'd love to hear it and consider it. You can contact us through our Instagram at Steel Magnolias Podcast or through our website, steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. Okay, meet you at the table. I'm Lainey. And I'm Laura Beth. And we are Steel Magnolias. The strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia. We are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South. And we've got plenty of room at our table. So pull up a chair. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have some anniversary patrons to thank. These are people that have been supporting this show for a full year, and we are so, so grateful. So grateful for these special magnolias. Yes. So without further ado, thank you for the financial support that you have given us. Brittany from Dubois, Pennsylvania. Anita of Franklin, Tennessee. The Foms of Ashburn, Virginia. Jennifer of Southside, Alabama and Tim and Carla of Nashville, Tennessee. All right, and I have Michelle of Franklin, Tennessee, Paula of Ocala, Florida, Rebecca of Columbus, Georgia, Sarah of Marietta, Georgia, and Susan of Palmer Lake, Colorado. Oh, I love hearing all the variety of states. I do too. Well, if you would like to learn more about how to support us and receive the perks as well like the peace be with y'all t-shirt so cute the uh we do a southern swag box of goodies for some of the vips in uh, our patreon community and we do content bonus episode of laney and i doing our monthly sister chat that's right so if that's of interest to you you can check out patreon.com slash steel magnolias okay Time to get into the show. So we're going on a little road trip today. We are. I love it. So most of the towns across the U.S. are named pretty straightforward. Um, named after founder, fa- you know, founding fathers. Yes. Um, founder of the town. Some yes. entrepreneur that's done a lot in the town or yeah, something. Yeah. Politicians, people that had a big name at the time the city was founded. So a lot of them are familiar, including... Franklin, Tennessee, where we live, named after Benjamin Franklin. I'm sure there's Franklin. probably got lots of namesake towns. Galore, yes. We were actually going to be called Marthasville, named for our town's founder's wife, Martha, but that was changed okay. at the last minute. So okay. we not Martha Whiteflower. No. <laughs> okay. No. Um, but 
gosh, as you'll hear in this episode, there are some weird names. Crazy, funny. Across the South. I felt like I put my maps app on my phone to the test when I was putting some of these in because I was like, surely it is not going to get to tell me directions to these little frog town or where you know incorporated small population towns yeah and that's a good point most of these towns they are unincorporated uh, which is just meaning they're a region that does not have like a governing local a local government that's okay over oversees them so it's very likely that you have not heard of many of these (laughs) unless you grew up in the town or and you probably nearby. have you probably have a lot that we've not heard of i just we did our best to dig around a little and find uh, some funny ones you could do this each day of your life and probably come up with a different right how do you city. even do a list yeah well we're gonna, go. give it we're gonna shot. give it a we're gonna give it a shot <laughs> so i would like to kick off the list with two egg florida okay okay so two egg is a little crossroads town um way up in northwest florida which is also not far from the Alabama and Georgia state lines okay. up there in the panhandle. So one story goes that during the Depression and the 1930s, of course, cash was very hard to come by. And locals began to trade products, you know, go to the grocery store, trade in what you've got, maybe for something on situation. the... Yeah, yeah. So one story has it that two boys used to come in with two eggs from their family farm to trade for sugar. And locals began to jokingly call the place the two egg store and the name stuck. Okay. So it it actually has become an official name with the state of Florida highway sign that marks the place. All right. So you may have, if you've driven through there, actually seen where two egg Florida is. But they better have a good breakfast joint, that's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Right? You better have a good breakfast joint with a little two-egg special in two-egg Florida. I love it. I mean, Surely there's a two-egg pit stop or truck stop. And, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, well, I think it's adorable that there's a Christmas Florida. Oh, who doesn't love Christmas? So the story I found on this name was on December 25th, 1837... A force of 2,000 U.S. Army soldiers and Alabama volunteers arrived in the area to construct a fort, which they named Fort Christmas. Oh, okay. The fort was one of over 200 forts built during the Second Seminole War in 1892. There is now a post office opened at Christmas, which apparently a lot of people bring their Christmas cards to then be going out from Christmas, Florida. Is that not so cute? Really cute. So I I love Christmas and that's like so precious. I love that so much. And then sticking with the theme, let's go north to Santa Claus, Georgia. More Christmas. I love it. Um, pop in 2010, the population was 165 in Santa Claus, Georgia. <laughs> okay. Um, it was incorporated in 1941. Okay. But apparently, so the story goes, there's a local entrepreneur there who wanted to attract tourists to his pecan business. Hey. And adjacent hotel. So there he you thought go. that could be a cute way to yeah. draw people in. And they have street names like Candy Cane Road. December Drive, Rudolph Way, 
That's so Dancer fun. and Prancer both have a street and then Slay Street. So, Oh, my gosh. Again, that's pretty cute. It's like a Hallmark setting, totally. right? Oh, my gosh, right? They always have names like oh, that. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. There's a Santa Claus, Indiana as well, yes, which is home I think to it's a bigger theme park Holiday World. <laughs> Similar right. thing, right. right? They wanted to camp out on how to get some tourism, and they've done it well with their theme park. That is totally theme right. Park. That's so fun. Well, I'm sure there's other cute names in those two states. I think there's a frostproof Florida and um, frostproof. The whole state's frostproof, right? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> most... Anyway, people come up with all these funny things. There's Experiment Georgia. I didn't look into all of them, but oh gosh. Anyway, we don't know. We don't want to know the history on that, right? What... So where shall we go next? Okay, how about we go over to right in the middle of the state of North Carolina? You okay. come across the unincorporated town of Lizard Lick. Oh my gosh, stop. So according to North Carolina historian William Powell, the town got its name from a passing observer who saw many lizards <laughs> sunbathing and licking themselves on a rail fence. Regardless of the town name, though... The local community members who are native to the area, they're really proud, apparently, of their origins. And, I mean, I love that. If you're, if you're <laughs> going to be lizard lick, just own it. But um, they got excited because in the late 90s, I think it was like 97, the state installed the first traffic light in lizard lick. Which marked a new period of um, increasing property values, oh my as gosh. they said. <laughs> so, shout out to Lizard Lick. Whoop, whoop. Wonder how many traffic lights they have now. That is awesome. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, if you have kids in the car, they're going to snicker. Are you ready for this? Also, North Carolina, Boogertown. <laughs> Stop. I'm not kidding. <laughs> there is a Boogertown. And the story goes that moonshiners who warned that the boogeyman lurked in the forest in order to deter visitors, oh my caused the name to become Boogertown. <laughs> That's kind of brilliant, right? Who wants to go to a place called Boogertown? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, there's Was... also a tick bite, North Carolina, another town I don't care to no, thank go you. to. <laughs> no, thank you. That's a lot of towns in the South, but so true. no thank you if you've, actually claimed it you know another one i didn't look up but i think this has got to have a story upper pig pen and lower pig pen north carolina <laughs> okay <laughs> this is probably going to be my whole audio track on this podcast it's just it's laughter just yeah west virginia has a woolly booger Staying <laughs> booger thing a woolly booger <laughs> gross and all the eight-year-old boys in the car they're like what like, to do their like, next school project exactly on it. you heard exactly. it at the steel magnolias podcast okay so that was north carolina you got anything for south carolina i do um hellhole swamp <laughs> good lord okay I'm not kidding <laughs> so one account says that the swamp got its name in the american revolutionary war okay um from colonel Tarleton, because the British had great difficulty finding the elusive General Marion. I'm probably butchering these names. And then another explanation is that it was named being a repository for bootleggers during the Prohibition. Both theories oh. have 
are proved false because they are predated by the 1773 James Cook map of South Carolina, okay. which locates the Hellhole Swamp. So oh those are the theories, but not true. I would say any swamp in a war is a hellhole. Seriously. Swamp. Good yeah. Lord. Good point. Wow. So that was South Carolina. Yeah. They also have a coward, South Carolina, which I would not want to be from. No. I mean, who wants to be? That's no fun. Some of these are just like, get your <laughs> butt kicked on the re- uh, at recess kind of. Well, you're, I was you're thinking, from where? did a female name that from a, you know, she got broken up with and, you know. <sighs> He was from there, and so she's like, that is coward South Carolina. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, well, I've got one in Alabama that, you know. You got another one? I do have another South Carolina. This one cracked me up because I happened to be researching this one with mom in the room. Okay. Sugar tit, South Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like dropping my notes in my drink every day town name you mentioned and i said mom have you ever heard of that town and she said no but i guess you know what a sugar tit is and i said no i don't know what that is of course she did is it on an animal it is not so it's like literal if you literally think about okay so this was something that apparently people would take a clean piece of cloth okay and put sugar Sugar. or honey in it and tie it up and give it to a baby as a pacifier. Oh, wow. Because it there would get go. them quiet. Okay. Okay. So apparently it received its name when the men spent so long socializing at the local general store, their wives complained they took to the store like a baby to a sugar tit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so southern that is so, so that totally cracked me southern. up because i was like what in the world does that even mean and yeah. i was like oh i guess it came from that thank you mom for the historical references i also got tickled thinking about um just nowadays how people would probably so not do that like no. just give a baby straight up refined sugar well, through that, a cloth that sounds like something either that we would have mentioned on our southern remedies yes episode or from a fox fire book, book. <laughs> totally well That's there funny. you go sugar tit south carolina shout out that is crazy well here's one that you know just sounds worse than it is because you don't know the backstory right so there's a killing alabama Yes, I have actually like heard killing, of that. But spelled K-I-L-L-E-N. This is actually an incorporated town. So in 1895, James Killen built a general store and applied for a post office. He actually sent in three different possible names for the town and Killen was chosen. So the post office opened on April 22nd, 1896. And the town of Killen was founded. Killen's actually like an Irish name. Okay. But when you, when you hear that, it's just, again, you don't know the backstory. So our minds go wandering into the worst of scenarios. So true. All right. This could probably be in any state of the South, <laughs> okay. too. But we have Scratch Ankle, Alabama. That is, I've, clearly, I'm in the have right place. Have you been place. there recently? Well, I've been scratching my ankle <laughs> as we've been talking because all the bug bites. That's what it came from. 
It got its name from the fact that locals who were often seen by railroad workers scratching their ankles due to excessive mosquito bites. And this is Alabama. Yes. Do you remember Alabama and Gulf Shores was the place that we first encountered no seums? Oh my lord, yes. And we got eaten alive oh by no seums. Yes. That is an actual bug name. <laughs> so I believe it. I bet scratch ankles close to where we were <laughs> camping that time. That's funny. Um Okay, another town in Alabama. You've mentioned a lizard town, but there's a slick lizard, Alabama. Oh, okay. So according to tradition, slick lizard was so named because local miners had to crawl through muddy passages and in the process became slick as a lizard. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> Pretty straightforward, For actually. For some reason, I thought that was going to be like slimy in the sense of like bad behavior like slant like gambling or like slimy men that were like mishandling business no they're just hard workers in the oh mine and see my mind went to to the worst i know and it was really just hard working guys wow okay is that it for alabama i mean there's so many that again i know we're just probably scratching the surface but um well, moving into our home sweet home state of Tennessee. We got plenty too. I was cracking up when I saw Nameless Tennessee. <laughs> so one version of this town's history says that the name came from the time the residents applied for a post office, which you've heard, you're hearing this post office connect because right? that's a big deal to have a post office. That was kind of like the first thing you did when you had a town. Um, they forgot to fill in the blank. Oh, so it so literally the was. form was returned back to them, stamped nameless, all caps, and they did indeed get that post office. Okay. So nameless post office was established in 1866, and it only operated until 1909. So they're oh, okay. they're back okay. to unincorporated. Okay. <laughs> they've, they've been demoted and nameless. <laughs> anyway. Um. Okay, I think this is pretty cute. How about Sweet Lips, Tennessee? Ooh, that's like, yeah. Tell me about that. Well, the first settlers arrived in the 1820s. Residents have claimed that the name comes from settlers or wandering hobos or thirsty Civil War soldiers, depending on who you ask, who declared water from the creek to be sweet to the lips. Oh, there you go. If it's... Sweet and you, sweeter than what you've tasted, then it gets the name Sweet Lips. That's so funny. That's the story with that one. And then, not far from us, there is an adorable town called Bell Buckle. Oh yeah, Tennessee. And well, so we, I wanted we to visited there a few yes, times. Yes, it's really cute. Um, I think it, I don't remember where I was reading about Bell Buckle, but the origin of the town's unusual name is not known. According to the local Chamber of Commerce, one story says that one of the first white men to travel through the area found a tree with carvings of a cowbell and a buckle. Hmm. Okay. Possibly carved by Indians to warn white settlers away, or possibly carved by surveyors to mark the area as good pasture. Hmm. Um, And then another form of the legend holds that a bell and buckle were tied around a tree in case, um, oh, in any case, the nearby creek was named Bell Buckle Creek. Okay. And so the town later took the name from the creek. Okay. So it was the creek that was named first. I actually did come across that in some of my research that like a creek or a body of water 
will then then dictate kind of the basis yeah, of yeah, a, yeah. Like maybe this is the largest sort of town on that body of water yeah so we'll just take sense. on that name that makes sense have you ever heard of only tennessee never okay well <laughs> it's it's just west of nashville um close to centerville that was so southern the way i just said that centerville um okay so the name comes from a store owner who was always heard to say his prices were only five cents. Oh, okay. So he just said the word only so much, they <laughs> named the whole town after him. That's funny. Um, I'll put these other two together real quick. So difficult, difficult yes. Tennessee. Okay. They're just a little northeast of Nashville. They're in Smith County. It's um, just east of Pleasant Shade. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one story goes that when residents applied for a post office, the application was returned because the preferred name was too difficult. So I don't know what the preferred name was. Maybe if y'all are out there and you know the preferred name of difficult. So they went with difficult. Yeah. Also, um, just down the road is defeated. Defeated <laughs> Tennessee is named for the events that took place in the late 18th century along the banks of Defeated Creek. John Payton, one of the earliest settlers and explorers of Smith County and his surveying party, were camped along the creek when they were attacked by a band of Cherokees led by Hanging Maw, M-A-W, and driven out of the area. Wow. So that doesn't sound like a very fun area to live in, defeated and difficult. You'd kind of have to, I don't know, just have a real optimistic view of life, I guess, to really thrive there. But they're there. Well, in the early days before streamlined highways, there was a lot of camping in nearby woods to a town called Lickskillet, Tennessee. Ooh! The story goes that a group of campers cooked a big meal. One camper was late arriving, and when he began to search for some food, all he found was the empty skillet. Mm. Being very hungry, he licked the skillet, and from that day, the community has been known as Lick Skillet. Oh my that gosh. sounds like a total uh, made-up story. It does. But a lot of these do. It's cute. It makes for fun stories, and we like good storytelling here in the South. There again, there needs to be a good restaurant yes. in a town called Lick Skillet, so I would where say- they serve everything to the table in the cast iron skillet. Would that not be so cute? Yes. There's <laughs> been one incident where i really did want to lick a skillet and it was one where um a chocolate chip cookie was served in a cast iron skillet it was still warm with a scoop of ice cream Mm. on top Mm -hmm. they do this at young life camp they bring it out at you know at the end of our i think it's the spaghetti meal put it down the middle of the table and you just get your spoon just eat right out the skillet and it's so good i wanted to lick the skillet well when i went to in louisville kentucky to the brown hotel one time Uh and they serve the kentucky hot brown that is their namesake dish in a cast iron skillet that was hot from i wanted to lick that one (laughs) once it cooled down (laughs) that's right yeah that's right Oh, um, that's fun. That's a good name. Tennessee's full, aren't they? I we have got all just, kinds. Um, one city name that's going to cross state lines. Hey, in that it's the name um, in three different city or three different states: Bucksnort, Bucksnort, Tennessee, <laughs> Bucksnort, Alabama, and Bucksnort. Two words: Arkansas. Oh my word! All three Bucksnorts, uh, but there, I guess that's a term for like a sound that deer make. Oh, that makes sense. So in, you know, days of 
that hunting being a real big part of life, of sure. course, that's still a really still big part of life. Still is in some of these towns yeah. or some of these places. Um, so that would have been a sound that was well known among the hunters of okay. deer. And so they called it buck snort. Makes sense, hey. actually. I think it's funny, though, that Arkansas makes it two words. Buck snort. Oh, and everybody else is one. Everybody else is it's a one word. I don't know the proper way. I'm going to give some honorable mentions to Chicken Gizzard, Dog Trot. These are these are these are towns. Chicken Gizzard, Dog Trot, Possum Trot, Suck Egg Hollow, uh-uh. Frog Jump, and Frog Town, Tennessee. My goodness, didn't have time to get all the stories there, but my goodness, context clues leads me to think there's a lot of animal life happening, wildlife. Well, how about we head north to Kentucky? All right, a little town called Monkey's Eyebrow. <laughs> okay so one theory on the origin of the name is that when looking at it from the air or on a map of ballard county it resembles a monkey's head okay and the monkey's eyebrow is monkey's eyebrow is located where that would be on the monkey's head so possibly that could be it okay so like you're look. okay yeah i'm getting it i'm getting a visual okay if you're looking at the whole head about yep. where the, that's okay. where monkey's eyebrow, okay. Kentucky would I be. I studied monkeys enough to really know. Ballard County. I don't think I have any more Kentucky crazy names. I'm sure there's more that exist. Oh, there is a big bone lick, Kentucky. <laughs> more licking. <laughs> no. we, I see a theme. We got lizards you? licking, people licking. <laughs> so much licking. Oh, there's a bug tussle, Kentucky. I didn't look that one up, but bug that's a funny tussle. name. Bug that's tussle. very funny. All right, where shall well, we, we had, go? We had several of our listeners. We did some polling before <laughs> this episode just to even see if y'all had some towns that you grew up in and near that were strange to you. And we did have, like, some of our listeners that poll, that we polled about Mississippi. There were too many. <laughs> M- Mississippi's just going to get an all-encompassing, difficult-to-pronounce. Okay. Blanket statement. Okay. For sure, across Mississippi. Um, I'll just name a couple of them because I wrote out like the phonetically. Um, How to say it. Yeah. Okay. So we've got Idabina and Pilahatchee. Those are. <laughs> that Pilahatchee sounds like a Native American. I think a lot of them are, okay. which is why it's so foreign yes, to our, yes. our English language. It's yes. just not stuff that you hear very often. But. Georgia has a lot of those, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I have a cute one from Mississippi oh, good. that's not hard to pronounce. And it's a place I think I would enjoy visiting. And that's Hot Coffee, Mississippi. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, established at the crossroads of two popular travel routes. The North-South, um, Jackson's Military Road, and the East-West, Natchez to Fort fort st stephen's wagon road okay there was an inn that was built in 1870 and um there was a store and hung a coffee pot over his door advertising the best hot coffee around his hot his coffee was made from pure spring water and new orleans beans which sounds so good and molasses drippings for sweetener oh my gosh doesn't that sound different so we didn't go far south enough on our mississippi trip to hit, to hit hot, hot coffee. coffee. Um, he never served cream with his coffee, believing it ruined the taste. Local politicians would visit um, 
It's L.J. Davis was who built the store. Okay. Um, and buy coffee for constituents and passing travelers. And the popularity of Davis's coffee led to the name of the community. So I just think that is so stinking I love cute. It. I love it. As comforting as coffee is and welcoming. I know. They, I bet they've got Hot good coffee, hospitality. Mississippi. you got to stop if you see that. So true. All right. Well, I do have to mention for Arkansas, we have Bald Knob, Arkansas. Okay. That's cute. Which was a community incorporated in 1881 with railroad construction beginning 1872, which, you know, puts you on the map if you got railroad coming through there. But the local legend claims that Hernando de Soto oh. hey, discovered and then referred to the a large rock he saw there as Bald Knob. So he was exploring the whole Mississippi River Valley in 1541. Jeez. So those are the stories where I'm like, so 1541 is when he just says, oh, that looks like a bald knob. Yeah. And yeah. 300 years later... <laughs> somebody remembered that or that went in like a notebook of somebody carved that on a tree to go hey you know what when hernando de soto was coming through here he thought yeah crazy but maybe it's true who knows you just got to go with some of these things all right there is a possum grape arkansas okay uh an incorporated community in jackson county Named in 1954, for nearly two decades, residents were split on whether the name should be Possum or whether the name should be Grape. So, eventually, eventually, after much conflict and turmoil, a compromise was reached and the town was Possum Grape. This is like how celebrity couples originated. Like when, you know, the celebrity couples, they just, yeah, like been... Ben and Jen is yes. Benifer. Yeah. So it's, no, we just got possum. Possum gray. <laughs> yeah. We're not even gonna. That we're we're not gonna come to an agreement. So we're just gonna morph it together. Wow. Um. There's a greasy corner, Arkansas. There's a smackover, Arkansas. Hogjaw, well, <laughs> Arkansas. I bet there's some good food coming out of Hogjaw. I bet there is too. Uh, for Texas, I've got just a few I'll mention. It's huge. So of course they're full of great ones. I know. We got frog knot. Frog knot. Okay. <laughs> I thought I said it wrong, but I didn't. There are several theories as to where this name came from. One is that the area had an abundance of frogs. They killed the frogs and became known as frog knot. Oh Another theory is that the boys brought frogs to school. This sounds like something our dad would have done. The school adopted a no frog policy. Okay. These are the sorts of things their school board was dealing with, right? We have frogs coming into the school. Some people say the name was actually Frog Nod, N-O-D. Okay. Because the frogs are singing when they nod off to sleep. Who knows? Okay. Frog Nod. There's an uncertain Texas, and that's because the surveyors were unsure which state they were in. It's right on the the line. Oh, my there's a hoop and holler, Texas. Does that not I just sound it. like that would be in Texas? It's in Liberty County, and some believe the name hoot and holler refers to the term whoop and holler man, which in old oil field parlance referred to a telephone repairman in oh. a refinery. Oh. Early telephone reception was so poor due to uninsulated wires strung along barbed wire fences that conversations were often characterized by whoops and hollers. 
like, wow. Um, That's a lot to keep up with, honestly. <laughs> Another and perhaps simpler theory is that Hoot and Holler simply refers to the boisterous and rowdy cowboys in Old East Texas. I like That's that. That's probably more what it was. I like that. Have you heard of Nacogdoches? I practice that one a lot. Is so that not, Louisiana? No, this is still East Texas. It's oh. actually the oldest town in Texas. Oh my goodness. Okay. My college roommate, Christy, lived there for just a little bit, maybe a couple, I don't know, not long, under a year. Nicknamed Naka Nowhere. And That's apparently so they sing about it there saying supercalifragilisticexpnacadoches. Because it <laughs> that rhymes. That does help you say it. Too. It does. Okay, so Nacogdoches is a sister city of the similarly named Nachitoches. That's what I was Louisiana, thinking Louisiana. Yes. Where the story of Steel, Steel Magnolias. Magnolias hails from. Yes. So anyway. cute. How about Ding Dong, Texas? Okay. What do they do there? <laughs> <laughs> Two of the town's earliest residents... Zulus Bell and his nephew Bert Bell, who opened a general store. These general stores are the hubs, know, aren't they? They are. In the early 1930s, the Bells asked a talented artist, Con Cohen Hoover, to paint a sign for the store. Hoover painted two bells surrounding the owner's initials and underneath painted the words Ding Dong. Apparently, the <laughs> effect great. of advertising was powerful because the community soon adopted the slogan as its name. That's fun. I thought for sure they made doorbells there. Ding Dong. But their Texas. name was that Bell, would be pr- so that, that would makes be... sense. Or another theory, again, we could just make up our own at this point, that there was a lot of like ring and run happening among schoolboys that were no longer bringing frogs to class. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and the last one I wanted to mention is a Louisiana, you need us. It's literally <laughs> U-N-E-E-D-U-S, you need us, Louisiana. Wow. Derived from shortening and uh, an alteration of you need us, the motto of a local lumber company. Isn't that, that is cute? funny, coming to you live from you need us, because you need us. That's right. I love it. So many cute names. Well, what did we miss, y'all? I'm sure we missed several that you're going, oh my goodness, I can't believe they didn't say whatever. So feel free to shoot us a message or tag us on Instagram with your strange named Southern Town. And until next time, Lainey, peace be with you. Oh, and also with each of y'all. 